You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Yo, Joe. Yo, Justin. What's up? Not much, man. What's going on? Not much? This is a big day for you. This is a big day. I was I was <laughs> downplaying it, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, we, we just saw uh, Scream 6. We did. We saw a day of, uh, even though this episode is going to come out a couple days later, uh, and, we, and we just got out of seeing it. Well, you saw it a little bit earlier than I did. We saw it together apart in the theaters. First showing this morning. Yeah, they didn't have like early showings by me for some odd reason, even though this movie takes place here. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they had a little bit uh, later showings, which is good. I think this is a movie that should be watched at night anyway. So we have thoughts, we have things to say. We're going to start this podcast off with a uh, lot of spoiler-free discussion about the movie. Um, I think at some point in the middle to- or towards the end, we'll say, you know, it's spoilers moving forward and and we'll and we'll do that just to give you guys a quick um not even really summary but uh just talk about who's involved in this movie it is the same crew you know directors and all from the last one that came out is matt bertinelli oplin and tyler gillette they were the directors and a lot of the returning cast members the surviving ones uh did come back for this you have um Melissa Barrera as uh, Sam Carpenter. Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy Meeks Martin. You have Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks Martin. Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. All your favorites are back. And Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox is back. And obviously, I can't forget the new returning legacy character, right? Uh, Hayden Hayden (laughs) Panettiere. Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Hayden Panettiere as Kirby Reed. Uh, from what was she in Scream Four? Yeah, Scream Four. Uh, she comes back as a special agent from the FBI. Uh, real ambiguous sort of uh, role she has in the FBI, but yeah. New cast members: we have uh, Dermot McMo- Dermot Mulroney. Dermot McDermott. What? What? <laughs> I think I'm having, like a fucking stroke. Dude, dude, I do, with this guy specifically, I do that all the time. I keep wanting to say Dylan McDermott, but it's Dermot Mulroney. Dermot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna fuck that name up uh he plays uh detective wayne bailey he had a first name yeah man oh okay <laughs> that's nice we do get skeet Ulrich back as billy loomis on like these you know um ghostly images like we did in the uh, other screen movie as well so he's another returning character uh we did not get city prescott i don't know what was the deal with that it was a pay dispute, yeah. simple as that. She, uh, right. she, she thought she sh- should have been offered more money, and I mean, I agree. But at the same time, this movie did not need Sydney, and it, it wouldn't have made any sense for Sydney to be in this movie. It didn't suffer from her uh, her absence at all. I did not miss her in the least. Yeah, I mean, Nev Campbell, like she's the biggest actress associated with Scream, but. Um, yeah, I mean, six movies in, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, honestly, listen. As much as I love Sydney, I do. She's one of the all-time greatest final girls ever. I feel like with the way um, the last movie went, um, with all these new characters, like it wasn't her story anymore. It's it's still not her story anymore. Right. It's fine. Uh, we do have a few more new cast members. Uh, we got Jack Champion as Ethan Landry, uh, Josh. Uh, Sagara as Danny Brackett and uh, Liana Liberato as Quinn Bailey, who is the daughter of Detective Bailey. 
Yes. We said before, you sort earlier, I sort later. I asked you um, before I went in, what'd you think? Was it, how was it? You didn't say, which is fine. <laughs> I, I, that's how we that's how we roll with these sort of day of reviews of movies. We don't say a fucking word during or after until we get to talk about it for the podcast. Uh, that's been the thing we've been doing for a little bit now. Um, it's you know it's nice to go to see a movie. I know like you know we're so far apart we haven't like seen each other in forever, but there's like a little bit of a connection there. Like knowing that we went to the theater together, you know, apart and same day and saw the same thing and you know kind of like waiting to talk about it. I think it's you know a nice experience and something that people probably started doing right during the shutdown and you kind of something something positive that came out of that I, th- I think was like a new way to connect to people when you had to do that right with like local friends and stuff like that but that's the way we've been doing things for a while you and i right yeah I mean, we, you know we've kind of been forced to and yeah. that's fine it works out well for the show so sure sure <laughs> um well now tell me i mean now that we're sitting down and finally talking about it you know after a few hours uh gone by this you know during the day what were your thoughts on this movie? Yeah, just off the bat, uh, I like the movie. Yeah. I like the movie quite a bit. Do I have issues with it? Yes, absolutely. Um, and we'll get into those issues a little later. Um, well, actually, no. I, I can say this because we're, we're saying spoiler-free for right now. Yeah. Um, most of my issues are with the end. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie right up until then. Right up until the end scene, you mean like the reveal and all the things that right, happened? Yeah, there? right up until okay. the reveal of the, um, the killer. Okay. The, the thing about this movie was, and we talked about it recently when we did the visit, they leaked the ending to this movie to the public, basically. So a lot of people were able to find out like what happened at the end previously. Now, you didn't want to see it, obviously. You kept away from that spoiler. I it looked is, at yeah. it because I was curious to see if it was going to entice me to see the movie, and I didn't really, I never really care about the who done it aspect of Scream. So I was like, well, well, who is it? And I, and then I knew, you know, I was watching the movie. And I'm like, you know, I probably would have figured this out because they didn't give you a lot of options, honestly. You know, and right. there was something else, and we'll talk about it during the spoilers that tipped me off to it. Again, I went into it knowing, so I don't know. Maybe like I'm just being a fucking know-it-all, but I felt that well, like no, I could because I figured part of it out at least yeah probably around the same point you did all right well we'll definitely talk about that towards the end but we'll talk about what we can without spoilers for now and you know we'll talk about what worked what didn't work um what we liked what we didn't like uh in in this best uh, way we can without spoilers i thought it was pretty good i i compared it to the for um, the last one rather that came out i think that if you're a scream fan you're gonna like this movie it's a very scream movie I'm just not a big fan of Scream because I'm not into the whole like whodunit thing, you know, the Scooby Doo aspect of it, I suppose. And that's like what they're all about. Like that's just every single Scream movie, which is great. Like if you're a fan of that, you get what you want every time you go to see one of these. Like they're all the fucking same at this point. Oh yeah, to to a large extent, yes. It's just a matter of how well do they do it. Right. And I sit there every time going, "Ugh, like I'm fucking like like t- this again." But, you know, that's what it is. So, for me, I'm like, I don't like that. But at least, like, I can appreciate that they're consistent and that their fans get what they want when they see these movies. That's how I feel about watching Friday 13th. I'm sure people are up to Friday 13th Part 7 and they're like, it's the same fucking movie again, you know? But for me, that's, <laughs> that's my comfort. I'm like, I want it to be the same right. movie. I didn't like fucking Part 9 because it was a totally different thing. So, I can appreciate that about that franchise. But it's like, 
I always know going in, like, I'm not really going to be a big fan because I'm not a big fan of the way these movies are put together. I'm not a big fan of the fact that every fucking movie is like a CW episode of something. And if, in terms of, like, acting and, like, the characters and stuff like that, it's just, it's very, like, it's very, like, locked in that, like, time period, I feel. You know, it's like, I feel like I'm watching an episode of, like, Buffy or Smallville. <laughs> like, like the, it's, it's like that kind of quality to it, you know? To an extent, yes, absolutely. And, and, and that's kind of what Scream has always done. It's like, yeah. let's get good-looking TV people and murder them. Right. Like like you said, you're not a huge fan of the whodunit aspect of it. That's my jam right there. That's what I <laughs> right. love about Scream. And your jam is also those kind of shows, by the way, which I was thinking about while I was watching this. I'm like, he loves this shit. Like, this is his I thing. Do. Yeah, like your favorite shows were the shows I just named, you know, at that point. Oh, yeah, I loved Buffy. I loved Smallville. I loved Dawson's Creek. Right, the, um, the fucking creek. Yeah, but this movie creek, is just dude. a creek, yeah. With, 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 with murdering. And but the but the but the creek is the Hudson. Right. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go on the fucking Hudson. That's who the kill, uh, that's who the killer is, by the way. Just spoiler alert: the killer is the, Hudson, the River. Hudson River. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> manifested as a person. Um. Uh, it's it's all the sludge. Stop throwing your fucking trash in me. <laughs> <laughs> and your bodies. <laughs> but I'm watching this. I'm like, this is like Justin's nostalgia. Like this. They never change the acting of this movie. They never change the type of characters in this movie. It's just it, it it's been very consistently the same thing since the first one. Uh, just some of them are a little sloppier than others, I think. But yeah, um, this I thought this was one of the better ones. Um, I, I I thought it was very similar to the last one. There are things about this movie I liked a little bit more because it took place in New York, and I like that. I like the change of scenery. I thought that um, they they utilized the New York scenery really well. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I, I really love that. I, I felt like it was time to kind of change, um, to change the setting. You know, it was time to change the location. We'd gotten, I think, three or four movies that were actually set in Woodsboro. One of them was set in college. The other one was set in Hollywood. But there was so much Woodsboro. It's like it's time to move on. It's time to move to the city. Yeah, and they did it really well. They, it was it was very effective. The, the, Here's the funny thing about that, though. Not a single frame of this movie was shot in New York. Seriously? They never once set foot in New York City. This movie was shot in Montreal. Oh, this is this was a fucking Jason Takes Manhattan movie. But here's the funny thing. More of Jason Takes Manhattan was shot in New York than this was. <laughs> yeah, because they had the Times Square scene. Yeah. Is that for yeah. real? I, I didn't know that. I thought you were yes. joking when you said that last time. No, they, you could honestly, you could have fooled the shit out of me. I had, I had no idea because I'm watching yeah, this yeah. movie. I'm like, oh, I'm like seeing New York. It's just pretty cool. Like they didn't even have like, but they had to take skyline. No, they took they had, they had to take shots from the skyline. I mean that. Well, okay, yeah, there, there were some establishing shots. Yeah, because the there was there was but shots of like the bridges and the skyline. I'm like, all right, that's New York, like 100. Yeah, percent That could have been, been stock footage. Uh, yes, of course. Um, I mean, I, I, I understand that part. But, like, we got to see it on screen, at least. I know that much. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, okay. In that, in that respect, yes, uh, there were a couple of frames that were shot. It just, it just they, the characters <laughs> never stepped foot here, is what you're saying. Nope. Wow. Never once. Never once. The whole thing was shot in Montreal, basically. Wow. Uh, you could have fooled me. I had no idea. 
I was like watching this movie, like, oh, it's really great to see New York City in a movie. Like, I haven't seen, <laughs> like I haven't seen that in a long time. And it's something like this, you know, like a horror movie. No fucking clue. Like, Jason Takes Manhattan, I know that for a fact, that that does not look like here. <laughs> so when I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, boy, this is this is taking me out of it. Except yeah. for the Times Square scene, obviously, you know. But right. I didn't know that. Well, Because you, you can't fake Times Square. No, and they didn't go to anywhere in this movie that was like a, a big landmark or anything like that. No, I mean, there was that one sh- scene that was uh, set in Central Park. Right. But there right. was a lot of establishing shots of like things in the city, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they did a good enough job of convincing you Obviously. that it was in New York. Like, there was never, it never took me out of the movie knowing that it wasn't shot in New York. Yeah, it didn't have to be like New York. Like they weren't having a fight in the Statue of Liberty or anything like that. Like it was just a city, <laughs> right? You know, like and that's it. It didn't really matter what city it is. I guess that the city setting was enough to sort of change up the pace for screen, and they utilized, like I said, a lot of things really well in that in that aspect of it. They did. I mean, there were some things that like were kind of quintessentially New York, like the bodega scene. Right. Right. Like that is that is very New York. Yeah, and really well done, by the way. Uh, let me let me say this: uh, this one of the things that this movie did better than I want to say most of the sequels, aside from two. Um, there were some really great chase scenes in this movie, like really suspenseful. Yeah, like, had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Chase scenes. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Everything that we saw in the trailer that was basically it. I think in terms of like the scenes of an attack. We we, yeah, we we see the bodega in the trailer. You know, one of the trailers that was pretty much all it was. Uh, we saw the bedroom apartment uh, attack, part of it. You know, we saw there was an attack at you know uh, like a like a high rise building and the subway and the subway. Yeah, so we saw all that stuff in the trailer. Like not not all of it, but we. We were shown like these are like the you know the action uh, scenes, and there wasn't any yeah, more those, than that. Those were the set pieces. Those yeah. were the those were like the main set pieces. Besides the opening, there wasn't any more than that. Right, right. The scene in the apartment with the uh, with the ladder. The scene in the apartment with the ladder was probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh God, it was so good. Yeah, and it I saw so it all good. coming. Like I knew who was going to get out. I knew who was going to get killed. Like pretty pretty quickly into that, but it didn't matter. It still worked, and it was pretty fucking brutal like that whole part was like very like realistic very uh intense that 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 scene i thought was just hands down like one of the better like slasher scenes uh in a long time like these these guys um who directed this in the last one like they've got this down now i think yeah like as far as like what what a screen movie should contain right um, like they, they had, they had a pretty decent grasp of it with the last one. And honestly, that, that was kind of shocking to me because the idea of anybody who is not Wes Craven making a screen movie was kind of blasphemous to me at first. Right. You know, cause he had done the first four and then he passed away. It's like, oh, I, I don't think I want to see another screen movie now, but like these guys, they just got it. They, they played it safe with, with the last one. Right, yeah. Played it kind of safe with the with Screen Five, um, you know. Set in Woodsboro, you know. We'll we'll do the standard, you know, Scream shit. We're not going to go too crazy with it. They they were they threw in a few twists and turns, but for the most part, Screen Five was a relatively safe movie. 
one of the things I think this movie did better than the last one was uh, I actually liked the characters this time around. How do I want to put this? They didn't seem like they gave a flying fuck about each other in the last movie. Okay. We almost felt like, why are these people friends? They really don't seem to care much about each other. Sure. That was not the case in this movie. That was not the case at all in this movie. It was like, okay, now, now I get it. Now, now I see why these people are friends and why they stick together. But a lot of that was based on the fact that they survived the other incident. That's true. That was a big part of it. Like they were survivors, and they even had like the whole like thing about that. You know, they're all the core four, like making like a kind of uh, fun of it. And and I think that that was what supposedly brought them closer together, which is fine because like I thought that they were a good group of friends. I don't remember feeling like whatever about it, like you did in the last one, but I don't. I just probably wasn't paying enough attention. But it's like it's it's like a little eye rolling. I feel I don't know, but I guess that's what Scream is, right? Like that's it has that character, the one that explains that we're in a movie and this is the rules and all that kind of stuff. She does that. And, and, and you know what? That that's going to bring me to another gripe I have about the movie. I uh, I felt like that scene where she's explaining the rules. It's like we didn't need that. No, that was it. It, it, it took me out of everything. It's that. It's it. It's like it put the movie to a fucking standstill. I it did. It's it yeah. stopped the movie in its tracks and say, okay, wait a second, hold on, we gotta explain the rules of what's going on in this one. No, we don't. It was very silly, and the movie was very serious up until that point. And they're all like going through this like traumatic thing in the movie, and they kept the tone pretty serious. And then that happened, and it was just like, all right, this is fucking silly. And and and, right. and all the characters who moments ago were like dealing with the past tragedy, dealing with this new thing that's going on, being accused of things. Like you felt like the you know all like the pressure that was going on with them, and then they they go to that where they're kind of like wah, 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 you know like it's like a, it's a big fucking joke and they're like laughing about it. I'm like wait, so I, I thought right, that, exactly. that 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 totally fucking just stopped the movie. Yeah, I I, I agree. It, it, it kind of put the movie to a standstill, and um and for what? Just so we can keep going with the rules because every movie's got to have the rules now. That's a, that's, um, well, that's a scream trope. That's just a thing that they always do. But that's a thing I feel like we don't need to do anymore. Yeah. Like, I think the scream movies can kind of move away from the rules. Like, I don't, I don't think it's needed anymore. Like, I understood doing it with, like, the first three movies. And that's I coming from you. With, and <laughs> so, that's coming from me. Yeah, yeah. That's coming from me, yeah. As, as someone who's a huge screen fan, there are certain things I think it's time to retire. I think it's time to retire the rules. I think a great way to do that would be for the next one, which presumably would be the last one in this trilogy, for them to say, there are no rules anymore. Right. We don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that would be a clever way to change it up a little bit while also keeping in tone of what Scream is, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 And actually, there was something, there was a line in this movie right at the beginning that I fucking love. Because it's it's kind of what set the killer apart, even though, yes, it's still Ghostface. But it's kind of a thing that set the killer apart from every other killer. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, I'm just going to say it. Go ahead. Like, his last line in the in the opening is, who gives a fuck about movies? And the a the delivery on that was fucking great. God, I love Roger Jackson. <laughs> um, like, if there's any perfect part of these movies, it's him. The voice, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he he's fucking solid every single time. You can never go wrong with his delivery. 
but that 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 was kind of it because the killer. I'm not going to say. Yet. Well, what else can we talk about? I guess before we get into spoilers, because we already talked about our feelings on it, and like you know what, what we kind of like liked about it, what we didn't like about it. You know, we talked about a couple scenes and what was in the trailer. I mean, I think I think to really like further develop on those thoughts maybe spoilers at this point is a good idea okay yeah i think we can probably start getting the, into spoilers now but yeah. just right before we do i'll give my recommendation i i like the movie quite a bit i i can recommend it yes if I, you're a fan i do too I, i'm not a big fan i'll put it this way if you're a fan of scream i think you're really gonna enjoy this movie if you're a fan of slashers i think you'll also enjoy this movie like i did if you're not like this movie is for certain people it's not for everybody no, you know, no, of course um, not. and I, I got to tell you, uh, before we go into spoiler territory, just my experience in the theater. So I saw this movie, uh, the theater out here in New York. It was pretty um, quiet. There wasn't a lot of people. It was like a three thirty showing that I saw. That was kind of the earliest one they had today, uh, but by me anyway. And there were a lot of like couples and like a couple like you know like dudes together and like girls together and like and there's like a, and there was a huge group of teenagers in the back. And they were enjoying the fuck out of this movie. And, you know, they were, like, jumping up and trying to scare people, you know, during the movie. Um, right. They were having a good fucking time with it. Now, a lot of people would probably find that very annoying. But I think that this is the kind of movie where you could just kind of be fine with that. You know, had I been seeing, <laughs> I don't know, like... Um, Schindler's List? <laughs> I don't want to always say Schindler's List, but yeah. <laughs> Why is that our fucking serious movie every time? <laughs> um, yeah, then I would be like, hey, you got to keep quiet, you know, or anything really. Besides. But like a horror movie, like I think it's fine um, to, for the crowds to get into it and, you know, mess around and whatnot. These kids were loving the movie. Like, they were laughing the whole time. They were buying into all the corny lines. I'm like, this is the shit that like I find stupid, but they're all into it, and you know they all had reactions to a lot of the things that was going on, and uh, I thought that was kind of cool, you know. And and at one point, some kid walked down to like I don't know, maybe go to the bathroom or like that, and this motherfucker looked like he was like ten, like or twelve maybe, and I don't know how he got into it, but he was he was there, I guess maybe with parents, and I'm like, fuck, man, I'm like that. That was us wanting to go see these movies as a, at that age, and they brought oh, yeah. him into it. Now, this was an R-rated movie. Uh, but there wasn't any like nudity or anything like that in it, but there was some pretty brutal murders and there was some pretty harsh language. Uh, but this kid was well, young. Let's let's throw that out there real quick. This is probably the most brutal scream. Yes, yeah. It's always stabbings, right? I mentioned that last time, oh, and yeah. they got pretty. I didn't even say like creative. They just, they had like, they stabbed different things. <laughs> it was, there was a lot of like, I had a lot of moments where I was like, oh, fuck, like that. <laughs> That's terrible. That looked painful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, they were, they did a good job of pulling that off. I, I'll say like, the last spoiler free thing I'll say is the kills are really cool in this movie. Um, they are. Yeah. I, I, it gets tiring a little bit when you have like one weapon and you're doing the same thing. But they kind of amped it up. They used that to make, you know, kind of old kills and new kills a lot more intense and a lot uh, a lot cooler. So that that was a definitely a, a big plus, I think, uh, for me. With that said, um, you know, we'll talk about spoilers uh, for the end of this episode here. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, you know, Justin recommends that I recommend it. It is only playing in theaters right now. So if you're going to see it, you got to go see it in the theater. Uh, I think typically it's like a 45-day window when the movies are 
uh, released VOD yeah, for for a fee of you know usually twenty bucks or whatever. Um, if you want to wait till then, wait till then, and then listen to the rest of this episode, please. <laughs> if you if you remember us but in forty five days. But let me, um, if you're going to see it, go see it in the theater. Like that, I feel like that's the way to see this. I don't go to the theater a lot anymore, and I, and I love movies. I just don't get a chance to go. Uh, I don't have anything. I don't. I don't have anything against that. I know a lot of people just don't like going to the theater anymore, especially after COVID. I understand that. Uh, I know, like being at home is more convenient, and I definitely understand that too. I do enjoy a theater experience. There's certain movies like I I gotta see in a theater. I mean, this wasn't one of them. Obviously, I I did it, you know, for the episode, and I wanted to do this with you. Um, but I'm glad I did, and. It's rare that I see horror movies in the theater because usually when I go to the theater, it's like what at this point it's what my girlfriend and my girlfriend. And I'm going to disappoint if I don't say it that way, or her and the kids. So I'm not seeing these kind of movies in the theaters. But right. I just forgot how great some things are in the theaters, like the sound. You know, like when he's oh, yeah. banging on the fucking door in that apartment to get in. I mean, the whole chair was rattling, and I was just like, "All right, yeah, this is this is why movie theaters are are really where to go to see these kind of movies." You know. Uh, again, it's difficult to get out there, and I get it. But yeah, if, if it's something that seems somewhat interesting, uh, make the time to go see it. I think it's pretty, it's pretty good. And uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. So we'll talk about spoilers. Um, all right, the opening scene. Right? Let's. We'll just get into that. Um, Hold on, wait a minute. Can I just stop you real quick? What's up? I just realized something. We're recording two Friends alumni movies in a row. I did not forget that. Um, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> and as I'm sitting in the theater, I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, oh, man, is there like a Matthew Perry horror movie we can cover? <laughs> there might be. I don't know. I'll look into it. Because he did a lot like in the 80s, too. Or, or a David Schwimmer movie? The Paul Bearer. <laughs> it's about dead people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Gwen Poucher and her vagina candles. <laughs> Uh, okay moving on all right spoilers moving forward uh we'll talk about the opening scene who doggy it was good um opening scene was was good it was really good um i would i would argue it's uh i think it was actually better than the last one it was very different it's the most different out of all of them yeah and I, and and I and I like that a lot. So the opening scene, you know, um, there's a girl outside, uh, not New York, but supposed to be New York. Thank you, Justin, <laughs> who who's on her <laughs> phone uh, with a date, and it's you know the uh, scream voice, and she winds up going into an alleyway where the ghost face uh, killer comes out and stabs her quite a bit, and then takes his fucking mask off. Like immediately, immediately, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" And who is that? Um, I've seen. And it's fucking Flash Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from from Spider Man. He was in Willow too, which I just watched. Uh, again, oh, we, yeah, we we reviewed two movies with friends alumni. And we also just reviewed two movies with Willow alum- alumni, because Warwick was in the Leprechaun, and this kid was in the Willow Willow movie uh, Willow show as well. Weird. Yeah, a little strange, right? And then. Lincoln's secretary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it reveals himself, and I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> and then just goes home and goes about his day, and apparently, like, him and his friend are being ghost-faced and, and, and killing people. And uh, I guess, like, he jumped the gun. He wasn't supposed to do that kill, but he did. And now his friend calls him to talk about it, saying, like, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. You jumped the gun. And he's doing it in the ghost face voice. So we think, like... He's just pissed off or maybe like, I thought like, oh, the real ghost face is, is him. And 
he's going to kill him. And that's not what happened. No, no. Um, So it turns out that uh, the ghost face who's talking to fucking Flash Thompson is the actual ghost face that we're going to get for the rest of the movie. Um, So uh, this kid and his, his friend, their plan was to finish what Richie and Amber started in the last movie. They were going to kill Tara and Sam. Yes. Um, and actually, on his way home, the guy runs into Tara going to a party. Yeah, yeah. And then and he, like, he, he, tries to get, he tries to get her to get Sam to go, too. Right. Because I guess they were going to kill them at the party. And then what winds up happening is uh, he's, he thinks he's talking to his friend who's pissed off at him, but his friend's body parts were in the refrigerator. <laughs> so he's talking yeah, to a yeah. whole new person who is stopping them from their plan. And that's when you get the line you talked about before, you know. So these two kids wind up being killed off. Um, so, and I'm like watching, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, is, like, is this ghost face some sort of like, is he trying to like preserve these two? I didn't know like where the movie was going, but it, it, it went like in the typical scream direction. But I, I was thinking, and this was sort of like me thinking like maybe it would be a little bit different, you know, or th- I thought this would have been better. Is that maybe if this ghost face was trying to preserve uh, Tara. No, not Tyrus. So I'm sorry, Sam. And like because gro- she's Billy's daughter, and like groom her to be a killer, like help her throughout the movie. Not like, hey, there's a team of people that are out to kill you because they're trying to mimic movies. I'm going to stop them. I'm going to take them out for you, and like and groom her right. to be another killer. I thought that might be where the movie was going for a little bit in the beginning. That would have been interesting, especially because like they were playing off of her, like being responsible for everything in the beginning too. Like she gets a lot of hate from everybody because they think that she, you know, she's a fucking murderer. It's a little social commentary on like you know um, how you're viewed, you know, especially like how quickly like the public can turn against you, how quickly they oh, can yeah. be manipulated to turn against you, you know, how easy it is for someone to just say something and everybody believes it, and then you're you know you're garbage. It's, it's very much commentary on like cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it is all about uh, very much about manipul- manipulation and yeah and all that. Um, but that that would have been an interesting turn, and uh, you know we don't know where where it's going to go from here. You know, I I think they are going to continue to explore that aspect of Sam in the next one. Well, I mean, with the with the ending, I shit. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. I I I, I felt that this was spoilerish. I didn't mention it uh, earlier. But, like, all the kills that happen, they leave the mask behind, and each mask is from a previous killer in, in the Scream franchise, and they're working their way back from basically five, four, three, and down, down to one. Uh, right, right. And, and I thought that was kind of cool. I also like the way Ghostface looked. I like the kind of old, broken-up mask, very similar to, like, Halloween. Michael Myers. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it made me think of. It's just like an old... Oh, it was the same thing, right? It was like the, the, the mask that was in evidence. Yeah, that, that, that really old cracked one, that was Billy's mask. Right, exactly. And it being 25 years old, yeah, I guess it would look a little worn and weathered. That's when I figured out what was going on. Okay, so I don't know, like, we talked about before, like, when did you figure out? When I saw all this police evidence in this place, I'm like, the cop did it. Yeah, that was that was basically, yeah. that was basically it. And at one point, uh, well, you couldn't well, rule okay, them out. Well, at one point... No, because in, in the beginning, when they first go there, it's explained that these kids were rich. Yeah. And they were able to buy this shit. For my crooked cops and stuff like that. But I'm like, ah, 
I don't. I, we don't have a lot of options as far as killers go, and that made the most sense to me. Now, again, the thing is, like, I, I knew that, right? I knew that going in. And when I'm watching it, like, I kind of see, like, where he's curious about what everybody's plan is. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that that's the killer. But but I, I'm biased because I know it already. And I'm like, all right, let me take myself out of this for a minute. Like, when would I actually be able to figure this out? And that, that's kind of when I would have been like, yeah, I think it's him. See, okay, so initially, yes, I did, until it was explained that the kids were rich, and they bought all this shit right. from, like, crooked cops and stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not him. But the thing that clinched it for me, yeah, but it also confused the fuck out of me, was when, after the scene in the apartment, yeah, where Quinn and Annika are dead. Yeah. And the cop is, like, fucking sobbing and shit. I'm like, I don't buy this for one fucking second. Right, right. Because he is a terrible actor. Oh, by the way, he's also in Friends. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, you're right, he is. But in any case, so, like, that's when I was like, he's got to be... He's got to be the killer. But what was still in the off was, well, wait a minute. Why would he kill his own daughter? Right, exactly. And so I was like, all right, I, I, I knew it was him. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously the daughter death, there's something going on with it. Either it wasn't his fucking daughter or she's not. Like, there's something else. Because I feel like that's what they wanted to give you. That's what they wanted to give you to say, oh, he's not the killer anymore because he wouldn't have killed his daughter. And he wouldn't have allowed someone that was with him to kill his daughter. Right, exactly. So that's that's what threw me off. I was like, ah, I don't, I don't get this. And then the end happens. <laughs> right. All right. So the end. Right. We gotta talk about the ending at this point because we we hit up everything else. Now the end of the movie, um, it's revealed that the detective is the father of Richie, and his son is what the hell's the kid's name again? Ethan. Was it Ethan? Yeah, I believe so. That was his. Yes, Ethan. Yeah. That was his son the whole time. We didn't know that. And then Quinn, who was his daughter who died, is still alive. It was a fake out. Okay. <laughs> there is so much about this ending that just doesn't hit right with me. Yeah. Listen, what I I don't mind, like the killer motivation and everything that I didn't hate. I was like, okay. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they kept it consistent with the last one, basically. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, the reveal of the Ethan being um, Bailey's son. Okay, cool. I'm with it. Quinn being alive, being a fake-out death, was a bit too far for me. And they were, like, crazy people. They were, like, over-the-top psychotic, that, those, the, that, that family. It was a lot. And, but that's like that's a trope that happens in these movies where like they go like for the third act they nuts yeah um so like that didn't bother me so much at least not with Quinn and Ethan it was Bailey it was just like everything this guy is doing is just off yeah like he he's just, he's like a cartoon character it was yeah it was very much like the Judge Doom reveal scene. <laughs> Yeah, they were even a warehouse yeah. like that. Yeah, it was like it, it, it was it. The, like the tone of the movie changes a couple times, and we talked about how when they had the whole rules part, of it, it, it really stopped the movie. 
this was like a like a screeching halt, and I was just like, this is not like what I've been watching. This was not the fucking you know uh, bodega scene in the the apartment with the ladder climb and like the subway. Like the subway scene had a lot of tension. That was done really well. It wasn't like a chase. Oh it was my just, god, that was so. Good. It was different. Yeah, it was really great. This was just like fucking off the wall, and I, I was like, "Yeah, this is Scream," and and it's like the silly thing about Scream that I don't like, and there it was, you know. So like that's when I was kind of like, for a while I was feeling like this movie's really good, and then when I came up, I'm like, "This movie's fine." <laughs> that's how I felt. Because <laughs> I, I don't feel like the ending ruined the rest of the movie for me because everything else in this movie basically works for me. Yeah, I know, but it's like, the, I don't know, it's like the lead-up. It, it, there, there's something else we didn't talk about, which is Gail Weathers. Now, she's attacked, and seemingly, it looks like they're going to they're gonna kill her off. Did you think she was going to die? Yes. I did, too. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to pull The Last Jedi. You've been saying that, like, that you wouldn't have liked that. I would have been fine with them killing her off, but, uh, but she made it, you know, like, off-screen. Like, oh, she's going to be okay, she's in the hospital. Um, I'm I'm glad she did. I'm glad they didn't. Care. I know. Yeah, you didn't you didn't want that to be the thing, and, and 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 I was fine with it too. But a part of me was like, kind of hoping that she was going to be killed off because I'm like, all right, let's move on to the new characters. Like, let's just get rid of them. You know. Right. But the, all the rules where they said, oh, you know, like the legacy characters are, are fodder, and anyone you know is off the table. You know, when Mindy's saying that, like her brother gets stabbed and he makes it, and I didn't think he was going to live at all. Me neither. She gets stabbed and she I makes it. I didn't think she was going to live either. So, like, they told us that these things were going to happen, and then they did them, and then, like, they turn around and they kind of faked, out, faked it out. And I thought that was kind of clever. I, I, I like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I like what they did. Um, I, I thought the Gale scene in her apartment was fantastic. It was, yeah. I like the dialogue they, between the two of them. That was really great. Oh, yeah. And, and like, he says, I, like, it's the first time we're speaking. It's like, holy shit, you're right. It's the first time yes. that Gail has gotten a call. But, like, how would they know that? <laughs> because she wrote the book, and they made all the books in the movies, which, by the way, I have a gripe. Gail said in the last movie that she was not going to write a book about this shit. Right. But she's Gail. <sighs> you see, that's the thing. I feel like Gail had a certain amount throughout the first five movies yeah she had a certain amount of character development yeah and i feel like all of that went out the window with this movie yeah it's almost like nothing happened to her in the last movie she had all this like shitty things that happened well that's the thing like you can you saw in the last movie that dewey's death affected her yeah but it didn't seem and to carry like, over but it didn't seem to carry over. what it didn't it didn't like when she's talking to um who's she talking i think she was talking to sam I think when they were in the theater, yeah, and she's talking about how you know you find somebody to get through it with or whatever. Like she was talking about Dewey. Yeah, no, I understand, but she's like a tough person, so she doesn't really, I guess, show that. I don't know. I mean, I guess like she wasn't in it enough for for that to for that to really come across. But I, I, I didn't really feel like they did it justice, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want. I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up. Favorite sure. favorite kill, or actually, your top three kills. Ooh, um, I'll give you mine first. If you okay, gotta yeah. think about it, all right. My top three kills, and I don't really know if I'm not gonna put them in order. I'm just gonna say here, here are the three that I like the most. The um, therapist 
Oh, yes. When the therapist gets, uh, he comes to his door, he looks in the, it has like a glass with like some bars on it. He can't see, it's like frosted. And like on the last like bastion, he put, he at the same time like plunges a knife through his fucking nose bone, basically. And, yeah. and I think it's funny because the detective like says, oh God, it right in the nose. He's one of my, yeah. he's one of my other like favorite kills. He gets it in the fucking eye. Yeah. That's fucking horrible. And, um, well, he got it a lot of places. He got, he got the shit stabbed out of him. We have, I have to, we have to talk about that too, before we wrap up. And the third one, and like, again, no particular order. I don't remember her name, but the, um, the girl who gets thrown off the ladder. Annika, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's, that was great. That scene was, that was great. great. Yeah, I mean, first of all, she she got carved up before that. Happened. She did, yeah. She got cut like from like up like in the stomach upwards, and and she was somehow still alive. She's on the ladder. I mean, you see this in the trailer, basically. And and he starts. I thought he was going to kind of pull a ladder, but he just shakes it to fuck with her for a while, and then just dips her off, and she goes flying down this alley. And like hits her head and hits her, yeah, on a like dumpster. Crushes, crushes her fucking head in the, on the dumpster. Yeah, like splits it open. And you see it. They you show see it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's gruesome. Fucking gruesome. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Uh, Annika is definitely in my in my top three. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I think I have the same top three as you. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. They're pretty good. Those probably are the the best three kills in the movie, and they're, they're, all the kills are good. They are, yeah. But those ones stuck out to me a little bit more. Now, we didn't. The last thing we talk about really is like the ending, ending where um, Sam is, you know, when she's in this like museum of all these like ghost face uh, costumes from the previous murders, she sees Billy and like the glass of Billy's costume and, and just kind of like you know tempting her to kind of finish this job. She winds up putting on Billy's old costume and mask and knife, and she kills Bailey. Uh, she stabs the ever-living shit out of him, uh, which oh, I don't yeah. understand Wait, how he has a bulletproof vest on, and that. Well, no, if you if you paid attention, because I was really watching it, because I I was conscious of the fact that he was wearing the vest. Is he stabs around it? Yeah, yeah. If you watch it, she's stabbing him on the sides. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, I mean, like she just she basically becomes Ghostface and kills him. Uh, which is why, you know, they, they, they build it up as if she's going to become this person. I feel like it would be a real letdown if in the last movie she doesn't, like, become it in some way. Like I said, maybe, like, some kind of Dexterish way or something. Um, I feel like they just, they're working too hard towards this for them to not have a payoff with that. And you saw that earlier, too, when she was looking at the costume in the case. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, um, where her story goes... I, I think they are going to do something really different with the next one. Um, I got to say, it's a shame that this movie didn't come out in October, though, because it is a Halloween movie in Manhattan. And I think that, like, it, it would have been better to come out in October. Around Halloween, people would have been more inclined to see it. But the screen movies have never come out around that time. Was, initially, the, the big summer movies. movies. The original, no, the, the, the original trilogy all came out around Christmas. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well... I mean, either way, uh, it, it, you know, it was it was a pretty good movie, and we both recommend it. So you guys should definitely check it out. Um, and if you wait a little bit, that's fine. But if you're a fan, and you probably are, if you're listening to this, <laughs> um, I think you'll enjoy it. So I, I agree. I, I, I 
wholeheartedly recommend going to see this. Uh, hopefully in the theater. If not, just see it whenever. Yeah, so, see it. See um, it. Yes. I'm, I, I'm very happy to be able to say that I am continuing my. 27 year streak of seeing every screen movie in the theater nice but um yeah i mean thank you guys for listening i hope you guys uh, check this out i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh we will see you next week in a brand new episode that we already recorded so <laughs> it's, it's, it'll, it'll be there yeah it's already in the can so <laughs> it, right. you'll, you'll have something to listen to uh-huh all right fucking good night good night everybody Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites, and make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. 